Hello and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect industry leaders to discuss experiences, challenges and successes in the game industry. I'm your host for today, Adam, and I'm joined with Ben Spayor, Eric Oz and Connie Nordland to discuss Too Many Cooks Spoils a Game. Before we jump into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions of who you are and what you do. So, uh, Ben, so let's uh, kick off with you. Yeah. Hi. As you said, my name is Ben Sepayor, and I'm an audio director at Embark Studios in Stockholm. And uh, I've been in the games industry since 2003. Uh, I spent most of that time working as an audio director at DICE in Stockholm, making noises for the Battlefield franchise. And uh, now I've spent the last uh, three and a half years at Embark making new noises. And uh, in my spare time, if I happen to have any, I I play music, I do martial arts, cycling, bouldering, I cook a lot. Yeah, that's more or less. Nice. Uh, Barak? Hi, I am Barak Oz. I am working as the art manager at Paradox Interactive on Crusader Kings, to be specific. I've been here with the project and with the team for the past one and a half years. Uh, however, I've been doing artist management for over 10 years now, mainly coming from the music industry. Like most of my professional experience is coming from music, and I switched to games after I actually moved from Turkey to Sweden about five years ago. So therefore, I think my main free time activity still consists of music as well, besides the gaming part. Awesome. And finally, but not least, Connie. Uh, yeah. Hello. My name is Connie Nordland. Uh, I'm the art director at Pixadome, which is a company I started. Uh, my beginnings started in as an artist, freelancing for games and. Uh, and uh, mo- not, not movies, but like art, uh, art animation stuff for the internet kind of thing, like back in Newgrounds days and stuff like that. Eventually, I started working in AAA. I worked at Sharp Mob on Blood Hunt for three years an, as an animator. And during that time, I started my own company, and I've released two indie games on, under that umbrella now. Uh, on my free time, <clears throat> I'm also like an, a music person. I during COVID, I learned how to play the piano. So that's what, something that I'm doing. Um, and I have a Shiba Inu that I spend a lot of time with, and I make games on my free time as well, solo stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me. Definitely a, a musical group we've got here today. Uh, yeah. I've got to ask uh, Benson uh, Barack, what uh, musical instrument do you guys play? Uh, I play the bass mainly. So my my education is uh, only musical. <laughs> so I was a musician before I got into games. Yeah. And I don't have the patience to learn an instrument, but I do sing. So I'm actually like a trained singer at the same time. That's my instrument. Well, also we've got a singer, a pianist, and a bass player. So we've got a sort of a small band uh, here. <laughs> Nice. Um, so as always, we've each brought some questions relevant for the discussion of too many uh, cooks balls a game. And uh, as usual, we'll work our way around the room with each of you able to pose your question and your reasoning behind it. And then each of you will have the opportunity to, uh, to give your take on the situation. So uh, I guess we'll start with Vince. What's your first question? And uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think this is a really difficult uh, topic to discuss. Um, 
and I have a lot of questions, but the first one is, why do we have so many cooks in game development when we know that too many cooks spoils the game? Um, it's, I've, I've only been working in, in AAA, uh, so I've, I've seen it so many times. Uh, um, and so it, it sort of brings me to my, to my next question, that is somehow a compliment to the like is is everyone a cook in games development? Um, that's also a question because I don't know personal taste tends to color everyone's actions and uh, everyone being creative it, it always nudges the vision a little bit uh, whatever anyone does so yeah how how why are there so many cooks yeah connie or uh, you want to jump in first sure uh i think a, a lot of it is uh is that the games industry like you when you get into this you're very passionate about it like most people are right going into this stuff and uh, i think everyone wants to have some sort of impact on the product that they're working on <clears throat> And uh, because I'm I'm from both the AAA world and indie world, and I see a lot of similarities uh, between the two. Uh, in AAA, you have hierarchies and stuff. So, I mean, like if you look at it black and white, you have the directors with the vision and stuff. But I think everyone kind of wants to be somewhat a visionary, at least within their own domain or something, and like push it forward and stuff. <clears throat> So I think that's where it comes from. Um, so, I mean, I guess everyone kind of is a, a chef in this structure somewhere. Um, and I think for me, like the challenge comes in, like how much you push and where you draw like the lines and stuff. Like, do, are there any boundaries that you shouldn't be crossing? And like, are you too kind of letting people to give uh, to, to affect areas, any area, and to what extent and stuff like that. I think that part of it is like the trickiest aspect. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I guess we both do have many chefs, but also not. It depends a lot on how you sort of like welcome that and like where you apply it, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, Barak, it looks like you want to jump in there. After actually talking with you, Adam, about this topic that we're going to talk about this topic. What I did was I actually went into the World Culinary Institute and checked the definitions of what's a cook and what's a chef. And it turned out the difference is the chef is the person who is actually making the menu, creating the new recipe, while the cook is the one who's actually making the food. So if we're talking about having too many cooks, that's a different issue. If you're having too many chefs, that's a probably bigger and a more complicated issue. And kind of when it comes to too many cooks in the industry, I don't think it's on the games industry. I think it's the general modern world thing because we do not have that many generalist roles anymore. People are trying to specialize on different things. The technology grows and therefore there are a lot of things that you can actually specialize in. And therefore, probably you need people who are better in those like very small specialized areas, which at the end of the day kind of causes the team to grow bigger and bigger. And I think at that point, not to spoil a game, 
kind of ends up where like, okay, where does the ownership uh, start and the creative input end? So I think while having too many cooks is not necessarily a bad thing, but how to clearly structure and define where they start and where they end, I think that's a bigger issue in today's industry. Yeah. Uh, Ben, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, it's. I really agree with the with the with the problem of we are so many specialists, and every every specialist wants to to push something further. And uh, I think when we try to communicate a vision, and and we all shake hands that okay, this is the vision, and then then people go off and they they start work. And then uh, people sort of get off the trail a little bit and just a little bit more. And then uh, we uh, we say that we're gonna we're gonna sign off things. And uh, and I feel like that that part of of signing work off can sometimes be a bit too loose. <laughs> uh, we 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 sort of. We are okay with little. Okay, it turned out like this. It maybe it wasn't exactly what we said, but okay, the work is done, and there's a lot of effort that went into it. And then it slowly, slowly starts to diverge. Uh, and I think it's the course correcting that sometimes suffers, and and also because there are a lot of specialists who have done the work, and uh, the ones course correcting it aren't necessary specialists so it can be difficult to 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 see exactly what went wrong and how to course correct uh connie you want to interject there yeah because i think that's super interesting with like sign-offs because i remember that from from triple a as well like you have a uh, you sit down with the task force or whoever whatever you call it like the people involved with that particular feature or whatever you're working on and you work on the thing and you have it signed off and, and people agree on stuff. But usually what happens is, uh, to my experience, uh, is that you start working on it, but you get a lot of input from like anyone just walking in to the office. Maybe it's a director, maybe it's someone else. And so you get like these little nudges throughout like working on it. And it's like, kind of hard to stay on, on track on what you agreed on in the room, right? So you have like this back and forth kind of thing. <clears throat> and uh, I think that's uh, from the point I made earlier, like uh, everyone is excited to to uh, to have their input. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's both a good thing and it could be bad, depending on how much you let it influence you and stuff. Um, yeah, I, just, I, just th I thought that was like an interesting thing because I haven't thought because I'm working in indie right now, like when we come up with ideas, like we do have sign-offs on, on features and stuff, but we sit in like, well, I work free virtually. So I'm in like a voice call all day with my friends. Like they're my close friends. And we're just like talking. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> I feel like I, yeah, I kind of <laughs> uh, hold off swearing. But we, we just talk crap like all day. And uh, so we throw out ideas a lot and, and stuff. Uh, so that's just sort of like the culture we have. But um, 
<clears throat> so it's kind of different now from back then. So I almost forgot like those sign off uh, meetings and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's neither here or there. I just thought that was fun. Yeah, no, uh, Barack. But I think that boils down to expectation management. I'm sorry, as a manager, that's kind of one of my soft spots, like expectation management. If I, I think it's perfectly fine as long as people are aware that there is going to be like an end game where someone who has the power of making the final decision might or might not eliminate your ideas. But still, it's worth it because something might be signed off right now, but it can be kept for something later, maybe, or like it can be put somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. So as long as this is communicated from the beginning and they are aware that like they having an amazing world changing idea is not like a universal truth that's going to be in the game. I think it still should be fine. But then again, it's not easy to do for sure. I think it's important to just like come to an agreement with your team or the company that you are all working towards like the best possible game, right? So like the 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 best ideas come forth and that's the, that's what you're searching for that that golden nugget, like the 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 path that most people agree on that is this this is a great idea and then you try to find that. Um and even if you have like a person that has that sort of uh, authority to make make the final des decision, I think it's just it's just like a good healthy thing to keep in mind. Like we're working on this, we're on like on on the same path to the same end, and that we're trying to make that end as good as possible. So that if you if your idea doesn't make it through it all the way, maybe that's for the better or like like at the end of the day we're making this thing together and we're trying to make that thing the best it can be uh, sort of like a perspective thing yeah uh ben do you want to jump in there yeah i mean it, i i agree uh but the, it's difficult to maintain when the team keeps on growing because when, as long as you're a manageable manageable small team like I feel up to like 30 people or something. Everyone is extremely aligned uh, on the vision, and 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 all ideas are almost kept in the same room. So you can quickly course correct, and you can quickly align again if someone has a slightly different idea on something, and and it's very easy to to keep everything, and then. People still feel connected with with the main vision, and and they feel that they influence their vision uh, officially in a big room. And but as soon as you start to grow, and you maybe you starting getting to a hundred people, then the silos start to form. Even though everyone is shaking hands and saying we are not, we we're doing everything we can to not getting siloed and still that happens like micro agendas start to form and yeah it leads leads to a new question maybe that that like why 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 does it why why do micro agendas start to form and when when does that happen well i was uh, thinking uh, in terms of that might be something we can answer in the uh, the next question because i think it ties in quite nicely with uh, barack's question there uh, which i'll hand over to you to uh, to ask that 
I was thinking about the same thing. This is actually like what I had in mind as well. Because sometimes you can do a lot of like planning, like structuring and everything, but somehow you end up with too many cooks. And what do you do when you realize you have too many cooks? Because it is so hard to change without breaking that trust or creating frustration, not only to the cooks that you're signing off, but also like to the team itself, because it also creates like this, like, is this our team culture now? Like, are we going to be shut off from now on? How do you handle that when you find yourself in this situation? Uh, I think, uh, Connie, you've got a good insight there with Indy and uh, AAA. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I wanted to raise my hand even before the question because I thought that was that was a really good uh, take on on the uh, the thing with like thirty to a hundred people. When I joined Shark Mob, we were less than thirty. When I left Shark Mob, we had studios in London and 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 Malmo. I don't know how many they were. And um, <clears throat> so that, that of course that with that comes growing pains, and there's the same thing like where you have like more people coming in. It's hard to uh, keep a vision within like perfect between everyone. Like it's impossible because you can't be all everyone in a single room like with one one discourse. Like, um, and um, what I've found is I'm a I'm I'm a, always been a very loud person. Like I speak my mind. Everyone knows my feelings. <laughs> like how I'm feeling any any given second. But the the thing is, is my team back then. Um, my uh, my boss, my closest boss, and like team, we were very open with like we should be able to speak our minds and like, and because he had influence to people higher up and stuff like because he is welcoming that discussion, then at least I felt like I have some influence. Like I, I have the possibility of speaking my mind and have him listen to it, like genuinely and like reassessing stuff and like seeing if stuff makes sense. Cause he has an overview from a different perspective. So as long as he has like an open mind and like listens to the people in the team, I feel like that's dissolved some of that, you know, like like you can feel like you're outside or something. Uh, that that was helpful. Um, when I, when we work in indie now, I mean, we still have that issue. Like, uh, we, our previous game, Shenzo Club, was supposed to be like this Powerpuff Girl game, but it turned out to be something a bit different. And uh, that is also like I want. I really like bringing people's opinions in and let that influence me a lot and sometimes to my own detriment because I, I let it like take over the vision too much. So that can definitely happen even like in smaller teams as well. But uh, I think that's, that's sort of like openness is something that is valuable in those situations. I guess I'll try and like, uh, it's a brilliant point you raised there, especially in relation to what uh, Ben's point was before. Um, I guess uh, to kind of answer a bit more of uh, Barak's question of what uh, what do you do or how do you fix uh, the issue when you've kind of noticed, hold on a minute, uh, we've grown a bit too much here for the, the project or that sort of angle. Uh, Ben or Connie? Uh. Um, yeah. It's, I think as, as long as you can, as, as long as you can get a buy-in from the entire team that the decision is is good for the for the product i think uh, people are quite 
fine with changing. I mean, most people working in games industry are, they're quite used to a lot of change. Uh, so I think in order to not create frustration, people just need to, to understand why you're doing it. And, and uh, I think it, their communication needs to be really transparent. Uh, and I mean, people are smart. I don't uh, see much point in keeping any uh, information um, separate from 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 all of the people working on the game. Uh, I think the the more people understand, the easier it is to to accept uh, a drastic course correction. Yeah. I guess in the the analogy there, it's like you wouldn't, as the head chef, uh, not tell all the uh, the cooks there's a fire in part of the kitchen and let them uh, crack on. Um, but I guess a, a question that I can have to, that's related to this uh, to interject is kind of uh, if you've got too many uh, cooks, but they're really valuable cooks, do you kind of divide up the tasks and start a new project so that you, know, you don't have to leave, lose them? Uh, and potentially if uh, you know you get to a stage in a project on the first one where you actually need some uh, cooks to come back, uh, you can do that. Uh, Connie? Uh, that's actually happened uh, for me. Uh, we when we started at Pixadome, we were two people. We were like garage band level, right? And then uh, the company got bought, and I suddenly had eight people, but I had a game size for like three and a half or something. So then we had to divide it up, but it's we didn't have a project yet, so <clears throat> we just scoped up the project because we could, and. Um, so we started working on it on, on like this bigger thing, but uh, I was always on the lookout for like where people are growing. So like this one person Emil in our team, he uh, like he sh he he showed a lot of promise in that. Like he wanted to, uh, uh, he, he had so many great ideas, and he was very like helpful with other people. So you start to see like like this guy, he's gonna. He's he's going to be able to like pull an entire project himself. So that's that's what ended up happening. Is that, like I, I he also he was working on a pitch for another game too that he showed me, and I was like, you should definitely do this. And so he pitched it to other people, and had uh, so we divided up that team to work on that instead uh, later on. But like I feel like that is that happens in every production. Is like you see people that have that sort of spark to do even more um, because they are, they have that, if, if you give them that space to, to talk and give information to each other, like they have ideas, maybe for the game you're working on, uh, maybe it's not like you can't do all the things that they, maybe they want to do, but you can still like use that for something else later on. So I, I definitely agree with the whole thing where, where you should welcome information because you can use that later and you can also see what people want to give that like bit of extra information and push further to like uh, maybe branch into something different. I don't know how that works in AAA. I wasn't around for long enough for, for new projects to blossom up and everything and how that sort of divided up. But uh, that you, that, that's what happened for us at least. Yeah, uh, Barack, it looks like you want to jump in there. I actually want to bring in another perspective to this because I think it's a difference. We are working on a live game. 
So Crusader Kings 3, the base game is out, and what we're doing is DLCs on top of it. So even our fans is actually some sort of a cook uh, pitching in ideas and getting like frustrated and devastated by everything that we do or don't do in that case. So like we have a lot more to actually balance out because obviously what we want to do is something that our players want to play. And therefore, also parts of the team are more dedicated to do things that the fans want us to do. And that brings up a whole different conversation on like, okay, what are we prioritizing here? Like, because we have to change the vision in that case. So it's a very different way of like handling what to sign off, what to take in, which idea to prioritize, why and how. So that information flow is, I think, a little bit more complicated in our case, I would say. Would you say it's a sort of akin to like a, in the live service uh, in a restaurant, go back to too many cooks analogy? You know, you've got your chefs and uh, you've got your cooks in the kitchen, but the fans, they're all uh, critics, live tweeting, uh, everything that comes out through the door, uh, anyone that kind of walks in the door, out the door. Uh, regardless, they're always tweeting and speculating about uh, oh, what's the next uh, meal to come out. Um, so I guess there's definitely that aspect to it in uh, in your case with live uh, live service. Vince, um, I want to get your uh, thoughts on this. Yeah, the 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 live service thing is really a it's really a huge uh, factor in this. I, I've having worked on a a very big franchise with lots of players. And, and 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 it being also a, a first person shooter which i think tends to attract really loud uh, people and uh, not always pleasant <laughs> people uh that's been a a, a huge uh, thing where fans are not often super happy uh and uh, and there's a very fine balance there. How much should you listen to the fans? Uh, what do they want? Uh, is is how, how will that affect the the vision for the game? Uh, at the same time, they are paying for the game, so you need to keep them happy. And how do you balance that against what you intended the game to be? And how much influence can you afford? Uh, because those things also introduce new problems, and then everyone gets angry with the new thing. Uh, so that's very, very difficult. You have to have a, a core of quite um, strong people to to uh, not lose. Uh, the course, I think. I think uh, that neatly actually comes over to uh, to Connie's question in uh, maintaining the course and vision. Uh, so, uh, Connie, what's uh, your question? Yeah, so like, I, I was super curious to ask this question because it feels like the answer is different depending on studio and what the game. Like, I didn't even think about the live game thing. Like, that makes total sense. Like, oh, you get feedback all the time, and you need to update it all the time. So my so my question is, like, where should you draw that line? Because you can't answer every feedback. Because like you said, you fix one thing, you break another thing. And then maybe that 
have a domino effect somewhere else and so forth. So where should you draw that line? Like both within the team, but also like, I guess, through, through the feedback you're getting with the game. Like how harsh should you be? Because at some point you will feel like you're not welcoming people. And at some other point you're taking on too much, you take, you're fixing all feedback and then you have a mess of a game. So where is that line drawn? For me, there are two points of this. First being pre-production. I think pre-production is a very undervalued process in most of the cases because that is where you can go wild. Everyone can go wild. And then we can actually sit down, look at what's actually feasible, possible, and work. And of course, these decisions should be handled in a way, okay, this decision has been made and these are the reasons. So people actually understand the whole reasoning of why something got in and why something did not. And when we actually pass that pre-production point of time and when we're actually in production, still, of course, things are quite live and like change all the time, which is the nature of it. Then we everything boils down to like chain of communication. I am still to this date, even though it might sound a little bit old school, a still fan of a racy kind of working. It's like, who is responsible? Who is, uh, you should be informed, who should be consulted? So if you actually have this like uh, racy matrix, kind of like, okay, these people should know about these things. These people should be consulted. These people should be held accountable. And these are the people responsible for actually doing that. I think that is the easiest way of either shutting off something or deciding something without creating any frustration around it. Because that basically means that this is not shut down and this is not you not being creative enough but this is the hierarchy that we're having because unfortunately yes in indie probably you don't have to do this because like you can just talk about everything but when when you grow when you actually have a lot of cooks there you have to have a structure and i'm a big believer of structure in that sense Yeah, I, I just wanted to answer to, to the, the indie thing is it's actually not true uh, because when you're working super close with like people that you like become your best friends, like, you know, like you fight more with people that you're close with, right? You can be more honest. You can be, you can say what you feel and stuff. And I, I feel like when you're in indie, you argue more. And so you have to have some kind of hierarchy in India as well. Uh, that is the, that is my challenge. I feel is is just because it's hard be having that's putting authoritarian sort of like roles to people when you're like eight, uh, and you'd think that because you're eight people, you can just throw ideas to see what happens. That's sort of the dream of indie, right? You're you're just Balls to the wall, you do you do what you want, um, and to some degree that is true. Uh, but I feel like the the trick it's really tricky to uh, not getting too wild with ideas because that can that always happens. In our previous game is like we, we we put in name like we we name all the characters to a family members and we do whatever we put in Easter eggs everywhere. It can be whatever. Sometimes it just goes too crazy. It's like what are we doing? So you need to have like at least one person going like, guys, let's calm down and just look at this for what it is. We can't 
put this in the game, guys. It will all make sense. So there, I, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to put a point on that and say, not always the case. I guess, uh, you know, we're coming to you now, Ben, uh, to get your insight on this one. Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, I left a big company <laughs> because uh, uh, I felt that we were too many cooks. Uh, and um, I really wanted to get away from that and to to uh, join a company that were was small uh, and uh, and work with people I know uh, really well and that I know that I'm aligned with uh, on on many many axes um, and that really made things easier uh, and also the fact that it, it it's difficult because <clears throat> we're used to democracy <laughs> in Sweden where we're like very much into collective decisions uh, and uh, so it, we 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 sort of tend to to do to do that even though we say like here's a, here's the boss of this here's the boss of that uh, there is a lot of collective decisions going into that, and then, in order for that to work, I think you have to be a extremely aligned small group of people that um, that uh, sort of just stick to your guns all the time and uh, and just try to get everyone on board with these ideas and and uh, it, it's I think it, this is a really hard hard question. I actually have a question regarding that because like you obviously experienced firsthand having too many cooks. Like what was the result of that? Like was it that like nothing could be decided upon or were people frustrated? Like how how did it actually affect the project? Uh I think uh, I I felt that decisions were not made. Uh and they were not made uh, quick enough uh, sometimes and I could see how it was difficult, but I felt that many times I felt like, oh, I wonder how it is working in film, where you have a director that's really almost like a dictator, just saying like, we're doing this, and and that chair is going to be red, and this person is going to say this, and that's just how it is. Um, I think that would have been interesting. I've I've never worked in a company where there is one extremely strong uh, creative leader that just makes the calls. Uh, so I don't know how that is. I kind of want to work in a in a company like for like a month or something just to know what it's like, right? Because there are there are companies like that in games too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, I think uh, I'm just a, a fan of games over here, and I always get the uh, the image that uh, in in Minecraft with uh, Mojang, uh, that's the way things are. Uh, obviously, in the early days with uh, with Notch, uh, now with Jens, it always feels like just from a fan's perspective, they are the uh, the all-seeing eye, so to speak, in the game. So I don't know what other companies might be like that, or if that's even true about Mojang. Um, 
Has anyone got any additional comments they want to make there? I have a question. Do do you, have you guys worked primarily in Sweden, or because I'm just curious if 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 it's differing uh, a lot from like the US to Europe, for instance. Within games, I did work in Sweden only, but working in a ridiculously international company, I can say there are a lot of things different. Yes, uh, as like Ben said, it is a little bit more like leaning towards more like everybody should pitch in and like uh, more democracy, more like open for feedback kind of work culture. but I think it also boils down to the company culture as well in that sense, because it also depends like how the company expects their game directors, for example, to act. Like, are they actually like the person who's gonna like say, no, this is my vision, this is my game, and this is how it's gonna be? Or are they gonna be, okay, I have an idea, let's see what we can do with that. I think it's basically more company culture than a country culture i would say you think that's more of a thing with uh you know since the pandemic a lot more remote working so a lot more um international uh people coming into the game industry and so therefore like the company values are a lot more important nowadays compared to uh, before the pandemic would you say it's it's uh it's hard it's harder now to to keep the company values alive when people are scattered around the world um Definitely. So you have to do a much better job now to to keep the company culture alive. I think, uh, Kai, I think you might have mentioned it earlier on uh, about, you know, sort of in terms of uh, company cultures, uh, you were on like a call all day. Uh, I know I think at Fall Damage they do like a Discord uh, where they have like office room channels. So if you want to sit in like the main room and just have a, a chat and uh, pose questions throughout the day, you can. But if you want to go on a one-to-one, you can just jump into that little channel. Is that the sort of thing you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we in in my team we really value like spending quality time together because we think that makes better games. So for our morning stand-up meetings, we have a wheel that we spin. With the names on who 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 uh, who's gonna be talking and stuff instead of just like saying okay new next and you next used to make it a little bit more fun and we read what the names day is and stuff like that and we have like our internal jokes that we run every morning and stuff like that and then at three p.m. we have like a little we play a little five minute ten minute mini game or something and we have like some silly prize and stuff and do stuff like that like and. And over time, that's a lot of time spent on, on silly stuff. But I feel like that's sort of that's bonding people together, and that makes people more more open to discuss other things in, in games and stuff. So, and I feel like that that has helped a lot, and people feel more on that they can be honest with each other and stuff. Would you say that kind of uh, hones in the the collective vision on the project? I, I do actually. Uh, I mean, on surface level, it looks like it's silly games and stuff, but I, I really think it's it brings people together, <clears throat> and uh, and we we joke around with each other a lot, and so I think like for children when they are like playing rough and tough play and like they they find find where each other's boundaries are and they like they're they're welcoming that sort of play, um, and that's like they get to know each other. 
like what can we talk about what can we not talk about we're very like open with like just speaking our minds um and it's okay to like say something wrong and then admit okay that you you you're, that wasn't cool and then you talk about it stuff like like you would do with any any friend um i find that that to be a bit harder when a company is much larger uh and that's and that's also why I wanted to go in because I, I I like I like that sort of transparency and like that's chaos. Uh, yeah. And I can say, being in a fairly large team, I would say, which has almost doubled during the time of pandemic, sort of like breaking from home times. I feel like comparing the previous uh, big DLC that we worked on with the one that we're working on right now, there is this, such a huge difference of like solving all these like keeping the vision intact issues like signing off things from people or like explaining all those things because now that we're back in the office the information flow is so much easier and it is so much easier to actually keep things intact without hurting anything someone takes a decision somewhere on the side and at the end of the day it takes a while to hear the reason why something gets cut off. And in that period of time, the frustration is already there and they are talking to other people. So it becomes all of a sudden an issue. And that's probably why those like uh, micro issues and like gang of stuff happen as well. And now it's so much easier to actually have everyone physically together and like making sure that everyone hears everything at the same time. Right. Um, Vince, let's get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I have, um, I've, have worked with a audio team of varying sizes during the years, and I think when uh, when I worked at the last uh, Battlefield game, I was audio director for I think Battlefield Five. Then we had a team of twenty three sound designers. Uh, working on the same game and we didn't have many issues because we gathered every day uh, we had playtests and I we gathered everyone in the same room I had a big studio room there so we could be there everyone and we were sitting in the couch and one person was playing and everyone else sat in the couch and in the room just taking notes and screaming and shouting their opinions on things and what's that and who made that and this is really good and what was that that sucked and uh, keeping an atmosphere that is very inclusive where it's everyone knows that anyone can say anything uh, that way we know that we we aren't we aren't criticizing the people in the room we are we are criticizing how maybe how their work ended up uh, being in the context. I mean, everyone is there and everyone wants to do the best they can. Uh, and I think one thing to keep a, a team aligned is to, to, to study and and play the game together all the time and, and have a free conversation in the room always. Um, so you can 
also easily discover small little things uh, that that make the experience bad, for instance, and just like take notes on those little things. You can like never leave the room without a list of at least like five or ten low-hanging fruit to fix, uh, and and just keep a really open atmosphere. Uh, and and be very clear on that. You can say anything. N- no one is allowed to take it personally because then we won't get anywhere. We can't have personal agendas. We have to constantly um, be okay with with uh, how the product is and work from there. Um, oh, that's a really good point. Uh, I've got an opinion on that, but uh, Connie, do you want to jump in there? Yeah. I love that you say that because that's uh, I feel like that's that's sort of the atmosphere I had at Sharpmob within my animation team, is that that, that was that was the welcoming atmosphere. Like you can speak your mind around everyone in this team, and you, we sit down, we play the game, and we're supposed to look at all well, like not only the animation but like uh, the gameplay and everything, and we just talk about it. It's written down, uh, and. Uh, and I think like having that in that needs to be in like every size company. Uh, like in if if you have a really large company, you need to have a team where you have at least that culture within your team, so that you have that openness. Because uh, otherwise, you get that sort of thing where people are just like working in cubicles, never talking to anyone. And that's how, in my opinion, that's when a game like goes downhill and could die from as well. You know. Um, but it's, uh, I haven't been, I've, I've, I've done, uh, Pixado now for five years. It's been a while since I was in AAA. So I, I get like a nice refresher that it, I had a good time. And that was like a thing that, um, that we did as well. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, uh, there's good perspectives there from, uh, indie to sort of mid-level there at Paradox and a AAA. Yeah, it's, it, that's what I love about this discussion, and that was why I wanted to talk to you guys, especially, is because because uh, I've been in AAA, and it's so nice to see like there's like parallels and things that are so similar. Because every we're all just people; they're making stuff, but at different scales, and but we still like apply the same sort of methods, uh, but in different areas, and it's really cool to to observe. Uh, Benz, it looks like you want to jump in there. Yeah, I, yeah. Just yeah, it's super important to let go of personal prestige. I think uh, in these situations, and and really try to um, get that through to the the team you're working with as well. For so so people can let go of their personal prestige. Uh, and I remember people we, when we hired people to the audio team and. We had been quite successful for quite some years with with audio in the Battlefield franchise, and so new people could could come and and from maybe from other countries, and they would be overly respectful uh, at start. And I think I remember everyone saying like they they need to they need to be more rude and uh, <laughs> speak their minds and they were quite surprised in the beginning but like what kind of people are you like don't you have any 
structure here and can everyone just say anything like yeah that's the that's the requirement yeah i think uh, it's a brilliant point i think kind of uh, just conscious of time thinking about everything we've um, discussed today obviously uh, as mentioned from uh, all aspects of uh, game development uh, right down to indie all the way to AAA and I think going into this conversation uh, today it kind of sounded like everyone was a bit like, oh uh, you know there might be too many cooks I don't know what to do with this you know how do we mitigate this but I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong uh, coming towards the end either it's you know spinning a wheel in a Monday meeting uh, hanging out in the discord um, or play testing every day and getting everyone in one big room um, I think as long as you know everyone's a, at the end of the day everyone's a cook everyone wants to uh, give good food uh to the critics out, out the door and as long as you make a, a good atmosphere or a good kitchen uh that's uh, inviting people want to come through the door uh, and work with people along the uh, the chain in the kitchen uh, that's the most important thing rather than uh worrying about is there too many in the kitchen at any one time uh correct me if i'm wrong there. <laughs> I think it's beautiful, too, that everyone has this worry. We all think about this. Are we too many cooks? Is that even a thing? How should we solve it? And then when we start talking about it, we have similar ideas. And I, I think that's really cool, even though we're like different spectrums of the whole thing, right? Absolutely. Uh, but I think that kind of rounds it up, unless anyone has any other closing topics that, or uh, questions or anything there. No? All right. Awesome. Well, it's been brilliant hearing uh, your insight. Uh, and I guess that's been the Evolution Exchange podcast. And I want to take the time to just kind of thank you all here, uh, Ben Spior, Barak Oz and Connie Nordland for your insights into the topic. And uh, thank you for at home uh, for listening in. And if you want to get involved in an upcoming podcast, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email adam.miller-betridge at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.